Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Yo, yo, yo. How is everyone doing this week? Oh man, we are in the thick of retrograde season. And some of you guys know my opinion about Mercury and retrograde because in my belief, it's about running us backwards a little bit in order to move us forward and clean up some shit. In the last few retrogrades, I haven't necessarily felt it as much. And I've been like, oh, it's no big deal. This retrograde, however, man, (laughs) we've been hit, hit. Um, Our car got towed. Um, my thumbnails have broken down to the meat, both my thumbs, like just randomly within 24 hours. Um, what else has happened? There's, there's been just like a shit ton of stuff that I'm like, what is going on? Oh yeah. I was in the hospital for two days. Um, I'm fine. Um, there's just some, some concerns and monitoring, uh, about a couple things for the, the baby. So send some good thoughts so far. So good. We're okay. Um, but just like, a lot of inconvenience (laughs) and, um, which is interesting because it's really put me in this place of saying, I'm trying to find spaces of gratitude and I'm trying to find spaces of acceptance for where all these beautiful manifestations have come into my life. And, um, something that I do talk a lot about also is like manifestations have kind of like contingencies And I don't mean contingencies. I mean, like they each have their own little catalyst built into them. So the things that we desire are the purpose in which, um, you know, once we receive those desires, we end up learning something about ourselves and the learning portion may not be as fun. (laughs) So I'm humbled today in the process of, um, learning more about myself, more about my manifestations and the process of, of learning how to be grateful when things seemingly feel like they're falling apart. Um, so anyway, trying to get a good grapple on that. Uh, hopefully you are in a process of peace. <laughs> um, if you are struggling during this time, like no worries, no harm, no foul. Um, it's just a time to be able to really deeply reflect on, what the fuck is going on, you know, (laughs) and getting very, very real with yourself. Um, something that I'm really excited about today and this episode is, um, you know, I have been talking to you and teasing with you guys about this course that I'm getting ready to release. And, um, a good friend of mine, uh, Sharon Eskandani, uh, is going to be on the show today. And we have this beautiful episode that's super exciting, Uh, put a lot of work into this episode because one, we did like a regular episode like we would do for any guest, but, um, because me and her are working on this course together, we talk a little bit about the course and also at the end, uh, we each have an individual interview with our partner 
And so you'll get an opportunity to hear her with her partner and their story and hear from his point of view, how he manifested a partner. And then also um, my boo is going to be on the show. So (laughs) you'll get an opportunity to hear from him. That'll be his debut. David will be on the show. And so to me, that's super fun because you guys have heard about him and now you get to hear from him. Um, And I just feel like that brings an extra specialness to this particular episode. And what's really cool about this episode also is we do deeply talk about manifestation and, um, you know, kind of like break it down a little bit more than, you know, it's just about like ordering, you know, something from the catalog of the universe kind of thing. And, and I appreciate that we go into that type of detail because I guess the depth of understanding that's necessary in under, in, in learning about manifestation is that shift that happens, um, in order to bring something, call something into your life in a, in a, in not just a, a quick way, but a way in which that truly actually alters your life. So I'm super excited guys about the content that is coming your way today. And, um, some of you guys wrote into my Instagram, letting me know how you've manifested as a result of listening to the show and which I just, (laughs) I was a little weepy reading some of those things. Um, you know, just not knowing that this is people are learning so much. So if you have learned, um, something really special about manifestation from the show or just, you know, anything, um, go ahead and write me on my Instagram, uh, letting me know, cause we're going to use those as screenshots for, uh, testimonials. And if you want to, you can also leave a voice message on here on anchor, um, not a voicemail on my Instagram because those don't uh, translate as well. So just another housekeeping note that, um, those of you who are on Patreon, And those of you who have already signed up for our email list for manifestthem.com, you will have a special time (laughs) to be able to buy this course um, for $150 off. And so if you are super interested in this, either get on the Patreon or get on our email list at manifestthem.com, sign up for the wait list in order to get that special offer um, that is only going to be available for 24 hours before it returns to its actual price. And so, um, just, just a heads up. If those of you guys are like, after you listen to this episode, you're like, I'm super interested in this. This sounds like a good investment for me, for me to shift and change my life and call my partner in, then by all means, make sure that you get on that wait list. So that way you are the first to be able to get a hold of this course. Um, and then what else? Those of you guys who have just been faithful listeners, I love you. I love you. I love you. Make sure to share this episode on your stories if it meant something to you or your favorite episode and keep spreading the love. Let's go. Are you ready to manifest incredible love? Not just love, but healthy, meaningful, aligned love. Hi, I'm Alia Lovely, the host of Chart Topping Podcast, Spiritual Shit. And I'm Shireen Askandani, coach and founder of Wholehearted Coaching. We've both manifested amazing partnerships and want to show you how to do that in your own life by unlocking your energy and mindset. So we've created Manifest Them, the online course to call in your soulmate. With over six hours of content, worksheets, bonus meditations, and breathwork exercises, this course will show you exactly how to shift your beliefs and frequency to manifest your equal and capable partner. This course will not only teach you how to call in your soulmate, but also how to nurture a loving, healthy relationship. 
you're interested in finding love or finding out more about how to manifest, head over to manifestthem.com. Open the door, love, and step into the partnership you've always desired. For years, opera singer Shirin Eskandani used her vocal gift to move opera audiences. But after landing a role she had dreamt of since she was a child and manifested, she still didn't get the satiation that would grant her the wholeness she believed it would. This ended up being the grand catalyst that shifted her entire career focus, landing her now as the life coach behind Wholehearted Coaching. As a speaker, writer, and life alchemist, she's using her voice in a different way to teach you how to trust your intuition again, to tune out all the BS, and let your heart lead the way. Sharin specializes in mindfulness, mindset, and manifestation work. She has been featured as a wellness expert on the Today Show and Cosmopolitan Magazine, amongst many others. Sharin's holistic approach to transformation is influenced by her background in meditation, spirituality, and the arts. As an inspiring, dynamic, and sought-after speaker, Sharin is presented at the Alt, Ignite Woman, and Well Summit, as well as Heal House and Assemblage. She's the co-founder of the Glow Up and Brown Girl Bunch. In addition to all that, she works with private clients, is a workshop facilitator, specializing in mindset, particularly in marginalized communities. She's also the host of podcast Wholehearted Coaching and Two Girls Talking Shit podcast. And it's my honor to bring you not only my friend, but my collaborator on the Manifest Them course to calling your soulmate. Please welcome Sharen to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and today we have Sharin Eskandani. Say hey, girl. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So guys, I met her through, uh, she became a client of mine, and just the brightest fucking energy you could ever imagine. And so when we got on the call, I was like, I love this girl. I want her to be my friend. (laughs) And we didn't know then that this, we would end up being in this like major collaboration, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but Sharin is this incredible life coach, um, who comes from such a wholehearted place. So she's on brand there. Um, an opera singer, which I just found out about, which I thought was like pretty nuts and cool has been on good morning America has her own podcast and is changing lives around the world. And so it's just so good to have you on the show finally to talk about, uh, manifestation and the ways in which we've called soulmates into our own lives. But before we get into any of that goodness, like tell people about yourself and like what kind of sets you on this journey to become this incredible, li- not just life coach, but life alchemist. Yeah, that's what I call my work. It's, it's life alchemy, which is really about creating gold with wherever you're at in life and whatever you've been given. And my journey to becoming a coach, I think like all of our journeys is one where you're never going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to be like a spiritual coach or I'm going to be a life coach. It's just, that was never in my stars. But um, I was an opera singer for 10 plus years, as Aaliyah said, and I come from a super musical family. Like when I was six years old, I was like, I'm going to be, a, I used to call it an Oprah singer. It's <laughs> like, I'm going to be an Oprah singer. <laughs> And I just, I just knew that this was something that was so important to me. Singing was where I just 
felt most myself. It was my joy. It was just my everything. And, um, I pursued it and I was very lucky. I grew up in a family where that was like very much, um, supported. Uh, however, um, my background is also that I am a first generation immigrant. My family, I was born in Iran. We moved to Canada when I was around four. And so we brought with us a lot of trauma, right? A lot of trauma of immigration. Um, I was born in a war and I was raised, uh, a Brown girl in a very, very white community. Mm. And so while I was having all this great support from my family, of course, I was going through what so many of us, um, you know, immigrant kids do of us kids who just are marginalized kids of color, where I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't fit in. And so the way that I fit in was I was just amazing. Like I was like, perfect. I had to be perfect at everything I did, which applying something like perfection to an art Mm. is incredibly difficult, right? Because Mm. art is not supposed to be about perfection. It's about the mess. It's about the play of it all. And, you know, for a long time, I was, I wasn't, I couldn't see the perfectionist tendencies in my music, but that's because I was like a really big fish in a little pond. Like I was the best singer in my town and my school. And then I moved to New York for my master's degree. And I realized like, I wasn't shit. Like (laughs) everyone, everyone in New York is extremely talented and they're extremely hardworking. And so all of those things that had made me feel so special and unique, all of those things that I thought were part of my being, um, I I now see them as coping mechanisms, right? Mm -hmm. People pleasing and perfectionism working extremely hard and you know, I, I I was like, okay, why isn't this working? Like, why can't I be special? Why can't people don't see me? I don't feel. And so all this validation that I was looking for externally was just gone. Mm. And, um, so I got to New York working really hard and because of my hard work ethic. And of course my talent, I soon, I was one of the very lucky few who was pretty much making a career off of my singing full time. And, This entire time though, again, I was doing it in the most unkind way. Like I was living my quote unquote dream life, but I, it didn't feel like a dream, Mm. you know, like I was so unkind to myself. I was so hard on myself instead of seeing what I was doing amazingly. I was focusing on what I wasn't doing well, instead of seeing the jobs I was getting, I was seeing the jobs I wasn't getting. And so I was just motivated from this very lack mentality, right? not of a place of abundance, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of my big dreams was to always sing at the Metropolitan Opera. Like that was my thing. Like, and I would say to myself, like when, or if you sing there, you'll know you're good enough. And it was truly like my dream that I would talk about when I was six was singing on that stage. And about five years ago, six years ago, I got the call that I've been waiting for. My manager was like, Oh my God, Sharin, the Met wants you to sing. Like they want you to sing in Carmen. It was like my dream role and my dream opera. And I'll never forget that moment because I had imagined it for so long and I imagined I'd feel so happy, so fulfilled, like finally feel like I'm good enough. Mm. And I didn't feel any of those feelings, right? Mm. I was like, holy crap, you you got the thing you wanted and it, it didn't have any anything wrong with it. Like, you know, sometimes we get the thing we want. We think, well, oh, if I made $10,000 more, oh, if that person was like two inches taller, (laughs) my dream would be perfect. If my hair looked like Sharon's. (laughs) 
<laughs> then I could, if you guys could see her hair right now, she's like out of a Pantene commercial. It's, it's a wash day. It's a wash day, <laughs> but I had gotten the exact dream I wanted and it didn't make me feel the way I thought I was going to feel. And it was the greatest wake up call of all time that made me truly realize like all those damn things that you read in the books that like nothing outside of you will ever make you feel the way you want to feel unless you're creating and cultivating that for yourself, Mm. unless you feel you're deserving and worthy of that by doing the work yourself. Mm. And so of course I said yes to the job. Um, even though I was like, Oh my God, I don't deserve this job. I'm going to be terrible. Oh my God. What am I doing? (laughs) Said yes to it. And I had a year and a half to prepare. And in that year and a half, most singers will work on their craft. They're they're, they're singing, right? But I knew for me, it was like, I couldn't just focus on that. I had to focus on what was happening internally. And so I went through a total emotional, mental, spiritual kind of journey for myself in which I really got into mindset and mindfulness. And I started working with a coach and, and my life transformed. And, you know, to this day, I, I never say that like my greatest accomplishment is singing at the Met. My greatest accomplishment was singing at the Met. And I enjoyed every part of that process, mm. right? Even when yeah. things weren't going amazingly, even when I made a mistake, I had built up this set of tools and resilience that I no longer was an asshole to myself. I no longer clung onto the things I didn't do wrong. I was able to just be present and like be in awe of that, of that experience. Um, But it also, you know, even though I had a great experience that met, I also realized I'm like, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. Like this is, this is this, the lifestyle of being a singer is just not not for me. And I loved coaching, working with a coach so much. I was like, you know what, I think this is what I want to do. And that's kind of where the shift for everything happened. Uh, But as I'm saying the story, as I'm relaying it to you, what's really fascinating is the coach I started working with was actually a love and relationship coach. Mm. And the work that we did was supposed to be about manifesting partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ended up being manifesting like an entire new goddamn life. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. honestly, cause that's where I was like, Oh, like I had this new mindset and I was like, well, why don't I just like become a coach? And I was like, yeah, this is great. And so, so everything shifted and changed from there. Um, and so now I get to do the work that I do in partnership with the person that I really, truly love. Mm. Which I can't wait to get into here in a second, but I love how um, you rounded that up for us because like so often we think that the thing that we're looking for is going to give us that feeling, going to give us that satiation, that validation, that manifestation that we're running after. And if we don't know why we want it, what would it, what it is, if we haven't done that inner work, then, you know, the thing, it ends up falling flat. There's so many things that I've been like, oh yeah, I really want that thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm able to manifest it in my life, but have been like, oh, Okay. What's next? You know, and I have plenty of clients that we talk about that all the time, the what's next uh, syndrome of always feeling like, okay, now I did that thing. What's the next thing. And it keeps us in the cycle that keeps us from really being in a place of observance, reverence for what it is that we've been able to call into our life and whether or not that's actually something that we wanted. Um, And then looking deeper, like, what is it that we actually want? Is it the boat and the yacht? Is it, or is it that we want to feel like we're good enough, you know? Um, which is really important. And in this episode, uh, because we are promoting our beautiful and incredible course called Manifest Them, um, you guys already know about my love story. You can go back and look at the episode where I talk about manifestation in the year, um, about the way in which I've called in my soulmate. And this is kind of what 
not just just what we're basing our uh, course off of, but kind of like the journey to ourselves really has been such a process and being able to discover why it is that we want what we want. What is it that we had to surrender? How do we open up our mindset? How to understand energy um, to get to a place to not just bring it into our life, but actually keep it. Uh, Cause a lot of times we bring things in our life that we're not ready for yet. And we're like, shit, I don't know what to do with this. And, and sometimes it's right underneath our nose and we can't recognize it because we haven't done that work. So um, before we really detail that out, tell me your love story. Tell me like the shit and then the gold. Yes. It's, this alchemist. is story time. <laughs> story time. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> I will, I will tell a tale of both shit and gold right now, but, um, wait, did you see on my stories that girl, uh, who was like, I'm a millennial, but I'm an elder millennial. <laughs> did you see that? That's me. I, I think I just made the cut. I just made the cut. <laughs> I said that because she's like, gather around, it's story time. What did she say? Gather around the Snapchat and let me tell you the story about the landline. And I just, I lost my mind. Sorry, that was completely unrelated. But like the whole story time thing, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, so I, I so I, let me tell the story. I'm like, because now I'm thinking of recently, I made a reference to a radio and I was working with some clients and I was like, you all know what a radio is, right? And I, <laughs> anyway. So the point is, uh, so my love story. So, uh, I moved to New York and when I was like growing up in this very white town, uh, I was not the standard of beauty there. Like, I know that I'm a beautiful human being now, but growing up where I did how I look just was not the standard. And so I, I think you and Ali and I, you and I have a very similar story of like yeah. never been kissed, never had a boyfriend yeah. into high school, like well beyond high school. Like I just, no, nothing happening here romantically, even though I really desired it and really wanted it. And it's when I moved to New York that I was like, holy crap, actually I am beautiful and I'm attractive and people are attracted to me. And it was the first time that I started to kind of, um, see myself in a way of like, oh, I'm beautiful and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm desirable, you know? And so, that was the big shift for me moving here. However, uh, because I had just been so starved for that, it was a series of just getting into relationships where I was trying to fill a, a hole, mm -hmm. a hole of worthiness and desirability and just feeling loved and all of that. And when I turned 30, 30, 31, um, my sister got married and I was the maid of honor and an auntie came up to me really well-meaning and she said, you know, Sharin, like you're next and you got to stop dating for fun. Like this is serious time now. And usually I'd brush off comments like that, but I think it was this perfect storm of, you know, that mindset that I think unfortunately happens for a lot of, um, women, you know, if you, if you've been raised as a woman, if you identify as a woman in our society, like you hit 30 and it's just like downhill, right? Mm -hmm. Like I got to start making babies. I got to start doing this. So I have to find a partner. And with her saying that being at a wedding, just this, this switch flipped in my head. And I started going on dates with terrible human beings, like really looking back on it now, just, you know, when you like look back on some of your experiences and things you did for, and I I'm, I'm cis and, and I, 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 I'm attracted to men, but like things that I would do for men. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, baby girl, like, what were you doing? Like, no, 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 no. So just like, you know, just terrible love stories and really settling because a lot of my beliefs around then 
where you have to settle for love. You always have to compromise. You're asking for too much. So just settle for what you're going to get. Um, yeah, you're just too much, so much too muchness. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I just kept getting into these kind of not great relationships. I was, as my coach put it, dating people's potential. Mm. Like I would see the best in people. Like I'm sure a lot of people are yes. <laughs> nodding their heads. Everybody. I would see, I would see the best in these fuck boys. And I'd be like, yes, we can make this work. Cause I see so much potential in you. And it was just, yeah. So my, my come to Jesus moment with dating was I was dating this guy who even to now really good person, but just, um, made some poor decisions and we were together for six months. And from day one, I had this like thing in my gut that was like, something's up, something's up. I, and it, it was never, never said no red flags, but just something was up, but I never, I, I never looked into it. I never went further with it. Cause he just, he loved me so much. Like he loved me so, so much. And so I, um, continued to date him. And about five months into a relationship, I found out that he had been lying to me about his job the entire time to be together. And the way I found out was that I went to the establishment he worked at, which now looking back on it, every time I was like, Hey, I'm going to come visit you there. He'd be like, Oh, I just got off my shift or, <laughs> Oh, I'm just, Hey, Hey, I'm with my boys over here. And I was like, Oh, great. Early shift. Awesome. I go to his place to surprise him. And I'm like, Hey, is blah, blah, blah here. Cause I didn't see him there. This is the night he always worked. Mm -hmm. And they were like, there's no one by that name here. And no one has ever worked here by that name. Jeez. And I was like, um, what? But also <laughs> I didn't even push it. Cause I, my like intuition was like, that's it girl. Like, you know, that thing that I've been trying to tell you, like this, this is it. Mm -hmm. And finally he confessed and it's like, he had been lying to me. You know, and for me, getting lied to, that was not on me. Like people can lie, they're manipulative, all that. Like I never blame myself for the, those five months. I never get down on myself. The, the month for me that was like the most alarming that I was like, was the month I decided to stay with him after I knew the truth that he had been lying to me for five months. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, who, who, what's happening with this Sharin here mm -hmm. that she is okay to stay with someone who's been lying to her, who's like, this is good enough because he, he you know, I would say that thing, but, but he loves me so much. Yeah. I'm not going to find someone like this again. Mm -hmm. It's so hard dating in New York. I have to start all over again. And time. yes. And so I finally got out of the relationship, but that month for me was a wake up call where I was like, wow, you're really settling in your life. You're really settling and you're, this is not healthy. And so that's when I started working with a coach and I didn't know it was, a, she was a manifestation coach. She was just like, yeah, we're going to like do stuff and you're going to attract in like an amazing partner. And, um, working with her was really what we talked about, like inner healing. Like it was a lot of like, I was like, I'm crying all the time. Like, what is this? Like really looking at the beliefs I had and what I'd seen being raised about partnership and relationships and, what I, what I really desired and what I was really believing, you know what I'm saying? And there was like a total disconnect there. And I, we'll talk about this when we talk about manifestation, but like, if what you believe and what you desire aren't on the same level of vibration, that they're not on the same level of existence, you can't call in that type of partnership because mm -hmm. if you don't believe you can have it or you're not worthy or deserving of it. Right. And so once I started working with the coach, um, 
it took me like, it, it was about three or four years until I met my husband. Mm -hmm. But in those three years, I was going on amazing dates. Like the, my entire dating experience changed because yeah. I was no longer dating from a place of lack, mm -hmm. but of abundance. Cause I was working on myself and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm the shit. I'm the shit for someone. I'm not the shit for everyone. <laughs> um, and I know my person is coming to me and you know, the, I started attracting like better human beings in my life, um, better experiences in my life. I was on the, on all the apps and I had a great experience. And finally, um, my husband, so this is a funny story about my husband is that I'd actually seen a picture of him on, on Facebook, right. When I started working with my coach, mm -hmm. I saw a picture of him on Facebook. He was friends with a friend and I was like, damn, this guy's hot, but he was living in Boston at the time I was in New York and a voice inside me said, you're going to meet this guy. You're going to meet this guy. You're going to date him. Don't worry about it. And then I completely forgot about him, dated all of New York, half of New York, half of New York <laughs> for about, you know, three years. And then I saw his picture then on Instagram and I was like, oh crap, he's moved here. I saw it cause I, you know, Instagram stalking mm -hmm. and I contacted a mutual friend. She put us in touch and we started dating, got engaged 14 months later, and then got married two months after that. Wow. So, and he is beyond what I could have ever imagined in a partnership. He is everything I wanted, things I didn't even know I wanted. This is the, yeah, it's the, it's the partnership that I always wanted, but never knew was possible. So yeah. that's how I found my, my person. And I love this because like, I mean, guys, you guys have listened to the show. You, you know what my love story looks like. And um, you know, we're, we, we just passed eight months. So it's been, it's a, it's a fast and furious. <laughs> so she, I mean, but when you know, you know, I guess like that, the whole corny phrase, when people would say that I'd be like, mm, shit up. Like that's what like people say. And then I'm like, oh, I'm one of them now <laughs> that says the corny shit. That's like, okay. Um, but I love that. And the reason why I align so much with you in that is because we have very similar journeys. I dated half of New York, maybe all of New York and got into that situation where I was dating really terrible people. And I didn't have a lot of love for myself. And in that process, I was attracting and mirroring back to myself what it is that I felt about myself. So when people would come in, um, you know, like if uh, I tell my clients, like if you always find yourself saying, why does this always happen to me? Look at the cycle, look at the pattern, look at is who you're attracting. I noticed that more and more and more, the, the, the further I started was dating without doing that work on myself, the more and more, um, I would say intense that pattern became that person became more, I mean, every person that I dated after them became that same guy. Mm. Every single one was imprinted very similarly. And I was thinking like, what in the heck? I just, I can't understand how it's possible to have someone who behaves so similarly in such a different body. And so in that process, I like to be able to but in the process of seeing over and over that same person appear, I was like, you know what? This can't just be New York. This can't just be men everywhere. This just can't be like the idea that everyone's a dumpster fire. Like it's maybe there's something wrong with me and I'm not, not something wrong with me, but something in the, in the pattern of the way in which I'm thinking and the mentality and mentality in which I'm bringing and drawing more of this stuff into me and recognizing that being someone who is, is highly aware of manifestation and someone who practices it very often. I got to a place where I was like, there is something energetically that I'm doing 
that essentially is, is, is making a marker and a pattern that's opening up a portal, if you will, of energy or cord or something that's attracting the same response. And so I have to do something different. The definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expect something different. So in that process, um, I, you know, when I got tired of my bullshit and I was like, okay, like, I, I like actually, uh, I went through that process of dating that guy, one guy, um, and it wasn't even dating. Like he was like, we're friends, but we hooked up every once in a while. It was this whole thing. And I was like, I'm in love with him. He's my twin flame, blah, blah, blah. And got stuck in this really toxic manic situation where I was just, I continued to settle for someone that was not choosing me. And at some point I got to a place where I was like, okay, this, if I want better, then this, this has to stop like this. I have to be able to find a way to let go of this. And in that process, there was so much clean work that had to happen. Like what you said, what you did with your coach happened to me in a really short amount of time and, and a lot of rug pulling at once. Like I would prefer to have gone your route <laughs> to go on the nice dates and to go like a little slower where things didn't feel so abrupt and, and raw. Um, but that process of having that rug pulled from underneath me over and over in such a short amount of time and doing that self-work put me in a place to be able to understand and say, okay, wait a minute. What am I, what is my energy calling? Like, mm. what is my, my, what are my beliefs and my subconscious calling? What do I actually believe about the situation? This is the person that I say that I desire, but my subconscious says, I don't, this person doesn't exist that I'm not worthy of a person like this who exists. Um, and those, those are two different markers. They don't align with each other energetically. It's a, it's a division of energy. So the results weren't as strong about calling someone in. And then it started to get a little bit close here and there where it started to feel a little bit more like palpable, if you will, like, oh, there's actually someone who's kind and nice and not a, a complete dumpster fire. And then in my scarcity being like, is that the one, you know, yeah, right. The, where the bare minimum is yes. like fucking Prince Charming or Princess oh, Charming. It's just, yeah. Which is what happens when essentially you've been starved for so long of like yes. proper right treatment. And so I think for a lot of people uh, who identify as women or been raised as women um, are in that space of feeling like, cause we have this kind of idea that men are trash or whatever. Um, and honestly, this doesn't even apply to a gender. It really could be anybody. Um, and, and any dating situation that you've been in where you can see the, the whoever you're attracted to can be trash. And right. so in this situation where we're looking at that, there is this idea of scarcity. And so I said, I have to reprogram the way in which I'm thinking about this because I don't think I'll be able to call in what it is that I want if I continue to have this idea that this is how people are going to treat me. And um, you said something when we were doing our course where you talked about, you started, you had to look for, um, what was it? Confirmation bias? No. Yeah. So, yeah. So one of the, so I, I, I love, so Aaliyah brought up like a really big word when we talk about manifestation, which is like our subconscious. And so I, I saw this, I see this a lot in my life and, and clients lives. And I know Ali, you do too, which is like, you know, you're like, why isn't this manifestation working? I'm saying all the right things. I'm doing all the right things. So like I'm on all the apps and I'm saying to myself, like my equal and capable partner is coming to me. However, if subconsciously you don't believe that, then all the stuff you're doing and saying really doesn't create what you're truly desiring. Right. And so right. the subconscious is such a big part of this. And 
one of the beliefs that I really had to work through. And so we talk about subconscious, it's what are beliefs that you've had that like you've inherited, that you've experienced that like come from trauma, that just come from your family, community, society. So one of mine, like many of ours is that men, men are, can't like men are kind of trash and relationships are terrible. And so my coach was like, okay, okay, yes, we want to shift this belief. It was kind of this chicken and egg thing. So we can do the mindset work and the healing work to shift it, but let's also look for stuff on the outside world, right? Mm -hmm. Because when we have a belief, like we're talking about confirmation bias, your mind wants you to feel sane. And so if you believe something, your mind looks for those things in the world, right? So like Sharin believes men are trash. So if she believes that we want to help her feel sane, let's, let's let her see all the examples of trash mm -hmm. men, right? Mm -hmm. So my coach was like, this is one of the beliefs we have to work through. So now I want you every day for 30 days to find 10 examples of loving relationships, um, really wonderful partnerships, really wonderful men. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, it was like a goddamn where's Waldo. We're like, I just could not find Waldo. Like, I'm like, there's no Waldo. Like <laughs> everyone's wearing red and white. There's no Waldo. <laughs> but I was, I really was like looking for it. And finally, by the end of that 30 days, like that's all I could see, mm. you know, and, and it was, it was always around me, but it was the choice. It was what I was choosing to look at, choosing to focus on. And so that for me was one of the really, really helpful tools, which is if you're trying to shift a belief, yes, let's do the healing work. Yes. Let's do the mindset work. But there are people already now who are doing that thing or have something similar to that thing, look to them, like use them as yeah. your proof of concept. And that really helped me shift a lot of my narrative around relationships and partnership for sure. Which is wonderful because I mean, there's even a phenomenon that exists in the world, like a, like not just confirmation bias, but a cognitive bias, where if you decided you were going to buy a yellow Audi, then suddenly you would start to see a yellow Audi everywhere. And it's like, why all of a sudden am I seeing that? It's because your brain prioritizes your subconscious prioritizes what is important to you in your conscious mind. Your subconscious takes on everything, but your conscious mind only takes on a, on a percentage. And so in that manner, you're like, you said, your subconscious says, I want you to feel sane. So let's just only push to the conscious what it is that we want to see here. And in this way, like, I love that, that scenario because something similar happened to me too, where I was like, I, I have to get out of this mentality that this is how things exist because if I want, if I want to attract what this is in my life, I need to be the exception in my own mind. Like, yes. okay, if I believe that the world is dumpster fire, trash, whore, whatever, then <laughs> I need to believe that in this case, not for me, like not for yeah. me, not according to yes. what my girlfriends say, not according to whatever, this is how it is. No, not for me. And you know what? I got that concept from my mom because my mom used to say, you're a child of God, honey. You, you are favor. <laughs> So when we would go to like drive to the grocery store, she's like, uh, uh, like they said, oh, we can't find a parking space. It's like, not for us. We can find a parking space because we a child of God. I said, everybody else is a child of God too, mom. And she's like, yeah, okay. So anyway, <laughs> it, was, it was perfect though, because at the time she didn't know that she was teaching me about manifestation yes. in the way that I perceived that. So like, I never have a hard time getting a parking spot ever <laughs> because I never believed that it would be hard. And so in a lot yes. of other ways, when, when it comes to relationships, and this is something that we, it's, it's so important guys. Like if, if you're trying to draw on a soulmate and this process and what we, what we bang in on our course is the, is the process of that belief and that desire and aligning the two. And us, I mean, me for myself, what happened, the shift happened when I decided finally, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go of this lie 
and I had a podcast, what a podcast ago or two ago, um, that talked about how we utilize our lies as our armor. And this is the way in which we protect ourselves. And our armor sometimes is what keeps us, not just sometimes what keeps us safe, but also what we think keeps us special. And in this way, it's the way in which we identify like, okay, for, well, for me, it was, oh, um, I have very similar messaging that you had. Um, I'm a woman of color. I'm, I'm a size, I'm a plus size woman. Men only see me this way, or this is the only, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was according to what, what had been, how I'd been treated. Yes. But also according to what my own lies were that were then confirmed as a result of me attracting people who were always my mirror. And so, like I've said before, if I had said to you or someone had said to me, oh my God, I hate your purple hair. I would be like, you're nuts. Go mind your business because I don't have purple hair. So I don't believe it. It doesn't offend me. But if someone had said something to me in the sense of like, oh my God, like nobody would ever date you because you don't look like this or whatever, that would have hit. It would have yes. it because it's something I'm, a lie I would have believed about myself. <sighs> Man, no, well, so I call these, I call these myths. So there, all of us are actually really good in manifestation in some area of our life. Right. Right. Some people are really good in their professional life. I have a girlfriend who makes money like that. Like she can just do that. And if you, all of us, whoever is listening to this, you have an area of your life where things just always work out, whether it's a parking spot, like I don't, it doesn't have to be a million dollars. Right. Yeah. And I want you to look at like, well, what, what is, what is happening here? That's not happening elsewhere. And it always comes down to, I believe, like, I believe this can be easy. I believe I can do it. I believe I can figure it out. Like it always comes down to the fact that you can believe that this is yours or it's figure outable. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the hardest one for us to kind of work on that belief around is a lot of the times I think money and men or relationships, whatever that is for you, um, where it's, it's really hard for us because we had just so many narratives growing up. And so what I love about this amazing course that Aliyah and I've created around love is that it's really about addressing what's going on on the inside, healing that, because we know through our experience, when we actually looked at what's going on inside, were we able to shift what was happening on the outside? Like mm -hmm. you can have the most amazing, you know, Tinder profile, you can have the most, you know, uh, quote unquote, amazing to whatever society standards, body or whatever lifestyle. But if you don't believe that you can attract an amazing partnership, or if you, if you have negative beliefs around yourself, it does not matter. Nope. And we know that from personal experience know that from personal experience. And then I, I know it from my, watching my clientele, right. I know it from my Me friendships. Too. I mean, there's some women that I know and men that I know who have, who have it all according to society standards and they cannot find their person. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and, and, you know, that sometimes like, <laughs> I remember talking to one of my friends, um, and she's, you know, complaining about how it's so hard for her to date because, because she's so pretty and that she only attracts narcissists and people who, who want to use her as like a trophy or whatever. And I was like, you know, I just don't feel sorry for you because <laughs> I'm over here feeling like dumpy glum. And, and I'm like, you're, you're sitting here telling me, oh, it's so hard. Cause I'm so pretty. Like, ugh, I have no, no, like, but I, I get what she was saying. And so, I mean, I was in my pity party there and I, I have more compassion now, but I, in this process of understanding that it, like, it really, 
I've even learned it has nothing to do with how you look. It has nothing to do with the job you have, with where you live, with what we live, like all of these things that we put in front of our, are just the narrative of the self-belief that we have, or the myth that we have, that, that is our, that armor that we put on that keeps us, it's the blockage, the energetic blockage and the, the mental blockage that keeps us from attracting in what it is that we want. And when I got to a space and I don't know about you, but like, I, like, and I know you had something similar, but when I got to a space where I was like, you know, fuck that shit, <laughs> you know, like I am the shit to someone, like you said, and I, and I got to a space where I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to let myself release that belief. Like it was, it, it felt like, I remember how it felt. It felt like, like, oh, I felt so scared. Like I was falling out of a plane to let go of this idea and said, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to face the music here. Like, I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to be, do what I need to do. At some point, I know that this person's going to come. I'm going to open that door. I'm going to trust the universe has whatever it is that they have out there for me. I'm going to surrender to what that looks like. I'm going to open up my desires and beliefs and say, okay, it's okay for me to desire this. It's okay for me. This is not too much to ask for. I don't have to settle. And in fact, if it takes me another five years before I find someone who's like this, I'm not running against this myth of time. Because mm. that's another thing, that's what we, we talk about in our course, like this, this, this running against time is what keeps us settling and keeps a lot of those myths intact. And so at some point when I said, okay, I got to throw out the timeline, auntie, mind your business. Don't come over here telling me it's time to do whatever, <laughs> you know, like that outside pressure. I'm like, that's not needed. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to release that and let that go. And it, I mean, it was, it was literally weeks that then everything shifted. My entire life changed so quickly. I was telling the client yesterday, I was like, you just don't know how fast things can change. And so when we keep ourselves in that scarcity mindset and we're in that place where we're just like, I'm so afraid I can't have, and I won't have that ends up being the myth that we carry mm-hmm. that ends up being the, 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 the universe isn't here. I'm afraid I can't, it says, I can't have this. I can't have that. And in that process, like, I mean, and I don't mean this in this like positive, you know, Pollyanna kind of bullshit toxic way, you know, like it, it's okay to express your feelings, but it's a difference between expressing your feelings and a difference between expressing a belief. Yeah. Oh, that was a sermon. That was a, <laughs> no, it was beautiful. It was beautiful because what also came up for me is whoever is listening to this, you know, we have the audacity to dream bigger and more and beyond Mm. the audacity. You know, this is why white men who come from privileged families keep having more money and stuff because they they grew up around that. So they're like, oh yeah, I totally have the belief that I can make millions and I can invest and I can lose money and then I can make more money. Right. For those of us who come from homes where there were no healthy, like relationships, not good communication, no money. It is no money. Like you, you brought up this thing of fear and scare. It's so scary to think I'm, I, I want different. Mm-hmm. It's such, it's such a courageous thing to do. And, and it's so brave and it's just like, and so to want that. And to, so do you have to understand that you are undoing so much of your stuff. And you're also being so courageous and brave to just want more than that. Because I think back on my life and there was a relationship that I really could have settled and it would have been okay. It would have been similar to most of the relationships, 80% of the relationships that I see in around me, you know, and I would have made it work. 
I would have made it work, but in the pit of my stomach, I would have known this isn't it. Like, this is a wonderful person. We have a good life, but I want beyond, Mm. you know, and some of us really want beyond. Mm. And if you want beyond, it takes healing. It takes time, but it is like Aliyah and I are proof of concept Mm because if we can manifest relationships, like we have manifested anyone truly can anyone truly can hundred percent believe that. Like, yeah, I, I was like in, in the fucking ditch y'all like literally (laughs) Like the ditch, the ditchiest of ditch, ditches. Uh, um, it was, it was the bitches of ditches. Like, it was just so bad. <laughs> and like the, the process of, I mean, if I can just express this in full vulnerability, like I, I hated myself so much. Like, I just didn't believe I deserved dirt. And the process, uh, the, the life that I grew up in, it's funny, like, you know, like a nuclear family and everything for the most part, semi-healthy, everybody's family is dysfunctional to some degree. Um, but that, that, that upbringing, especially my, my Christian upbringing, a lot of like, you're not worthy of anything or whatever, unless X, Y, Z, I had no self-worth. And I would come off really confident. Everybody's like, well, he is like really happy. But like in t- inside there was, there was nothing that would satiate the rot that was sitting in there. And like, and I thought, you know, for a long time, I thought my, my value was based on how attractive I might've been to someone else, whether or not I could try. And that's again, conditioning that I had from, from my grow- uh, upbringing. But I say this because like, you could be sitting where you're at looking at us we're coaches and we do this type of work or whatever and being like, yeah, they can, but, and it's, I want to stop you right there because we were where you were, are, and maybe still are (laughs) in some capacity, um, maybe not that long ago. And in this process, this proof of concept, what I mean is, is, and for both of us in our situations is that we have overcome something that seems like it's really hard and trust me, it takes work, but if you can grasp the simple concept of what it looks like to shift the mindset from, I can't have this to, I can have this and actually get yourself to believe it, insane miracles can happen. And I believe that with all of my heart, we even talk deeply about like the process of un- un- unveiling a lot of layers that come with that, with families of color and people who've been oppressed in some kind of way. And, and you know, other, other elements of complexities that makes it more difficult for us to be able to figure out how the fuck can we see if that's possible or not. But like, if we can do it, you a hundred billion, billion, million percent can do it. If I was in the bitches of ditches, like you can get out of where you're at. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trademark that. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it's the next t-shirt. It's like spiritual shit and bitches of ditches. Bitches I love ditches. it. <laughs> um, so, okay. So just to give you guys kind of like a quick rundown um, in our, our manifest them program, we have this really great like desire module we're talking about what is it that you desire? Like what, like what that essentially asking big, what is it that you want to ask for? Because I do think a lot of times we are scared of what it is we want to ask for. It's funny. I asked a bunch of people who's ready to meet your soulmate. And then there were people who commented in the below. Well, 
yeah, it would be, but I'm, you know, maybe I'm not ready for it or maybe I don't. And here's the reasons why. And I'm like, do you, do you want to meet somebody? Well, yeah, but if it's not for me and if I don't have this and all these concessions, it's like, we are so scared to really want what it is that we really want. Um, we talk about energy and frequency, the heart chakra, feminine and masculine uh, energies. And we find a way very inclusively to talk about that. Um, we talk about mindset, surrender, aligned action. We talk about our t- worst dates that we've ever had. Actually, let's, let's talk about that on our show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> now I want you to talk about your actual worst date. The one that she gave me before it was not great, but I was like, I need a, I need a bad one. That was like my, okay, well, I'll tell you another one. It wasn't a worst date. It was the worst like experience. So, whew, okay. Do you, okay. This is another thing that we do so often. We're like, this is a sign from the universe that I'm supposed <laughs> to be with this person. So it's my birthday and I got home drunk and I was on Tinder and this, this person pops up, this guy pops up and I recognize him because an ex-boyfriend of mine and him had kind of like, they had been on the same comedy troupe improv team disclaimer, never date anyone on a comedy troupe. Just (laughs) don't do it like that. Like, you know what? I don't make absolutes, but DJs and people in comedy troupes just take it from experience anyway. So he was sort of kind of connected to my ex. And I remember at the time being like, oh my gosh, I remember going to a show and my ex was in it, but we were dating at the time. And this person was in it too. And I was like, wow, he's really cute. Like, mm, I'd like to date him. So I was like, oh my God, this is a sign. It's my birthday, whatever. We end up matching. We go out on some dates. And so this, we start to kind of date, but it's that dating where like, you never go anywhere. You're always like at his place walking his dog at like seven in the morning. It's just terrible. (laughs) And, but he was like really into me. And then, I mean, really into me. What what was that? What did that mean then? (laughs) We were literally just hanging out at his house all the time. Um, but again, like I said, we had this weird connection between my ex and then his ex also knew my ex because they were all on this, in this community together. And one day I joked about something and I was like, Hey, wouldn't that be funny if like both our exes found out about something I had told my ex that I was dating this guy and he just kind of got super weird. This was right before Halloween. And, uh, I was like, okay, he got weird and whatever, but like things were fine that night. And then the next time we're supposed to see each other was on Halloween. Mm -hmm. This was three months of us seeing each other. He ghosted me. He never, I was like, Hey, I, and I dressed up as slash that year. I was such a good costume, (laughs) such a good costume. And I was like, Hey, we're like at this bar, like, see you there. And like nothing, never texted me again. Okay. Wait, story gets better. Story gets so much better. Then like flash forward two months later, I'm on the subway coming home on a train that I never do at a time. I never do sit down. And his ex sits down next to me on the subway train. What? And she didn't recognize me. Like, it's okay. not like she, cause he had, I, I, we had literally just hung out at his place. Like, I, but I knew it was her because I'd, you know, yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah. stalked and, and, oh, that's so and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's, it's his ex. And I, I, I honestly actually had always wanted to reach out to her cause he was very emotionally manipulative. Yeah. And this girl had been with him for a long time. And I just kind of wanted to be like, girl, like, I just want to send you my love. Cause that guy was a doozy, but of course like boundaries, right. I was never right. going to do that. <laughs> but then I was like, oh my gosh, she's sitting right next to me. So 
I was like, Hey, are you like so-and-so? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, here's the story. So I told her the entire story of how we dated and come to find out he was seeing both of us at the same I knew it. time. I knew it. I knew that's what you were going to say. That's why he and was so shady. That's why he got so weird. Oh. And, and we ended up like really connecting and vibing and she wasn't seeing him anymore, but it was just, and I remember this is one of those stories where I look back and I'm like, baby girl. Cause like at one point he got sick and I walked like two miles to take him cookies and soup. And I'd made them from scratch. And I was girl. like, pearls before swine, seriously, like ditches <laughs> of bitches right there. Homeboy was sleeping with both of us. So oh. that's, that's one of my worst, like it wasn't dating because it was extended. It was the extended yeah. remix. It was the extended <laughs> remix. <laughs> Aliyah, you got to tell us yours because yours is, you have some good ones. Oh, I have so many. Ugh. Um, okay. So my worst, worst story um, is that I was, I went to like a, like a bar or something to meet this guy who was uh, like an engineer or something. And uh, we sat down, my gut was screaming, saying like, something's going to be wrong with this person. And I love how you said we were talking earlier about, um, I wish there was like a five second rule. Like you can show up and be like, nah, it's not gonna work. Sorry. I'll see you later. Um, but no, we sat down and I was like, okay, something doesn't feel right. So we have an hour conversation and I'm thinking like, yeah, seems fine. Like seems perfectly normal. We're having a good conversation or whatever. So I go to the bathroom and I come back in and I scoot inside of the booth and when I scoot inside of the booth, I scooted a little bit more. We had a little better angle of his lap and homie has his penis out. Oh my God. Fully erect. Oh my God. No. And my first reaction was just to pour my Brooklyn lager on it. And I left. So, and then <laughs> funny enough, like a week later, I see him walking down the street. Apparently he lives like lived really close to me. And I was like, Hey, Hey, <laughs> like yelling across the street. Yeah, you. <laughs> I was like, you remember me? Huh? You want to stick your dick? <laughs> I literally am like calling him out and like in full New York fashion, just screaming oh. across the street. And he's like, I don't know her. I don't know. Her. <laughs> like that's right, bitch. Like you don't know. It. Um, oh my gosh. So y'all, well, what were we gonna say? I also had a situation where I went to a date um, where we, me and this guy, just spoke really briefly. And we sat down, we went to have dinner. And in the middle of the dinner, he's asked me, he was like, so like, do you want to go to my place afterwards or whatever? And I was like, no, like, I'm, I, <laughs> we literally just conversed like two lines. Um, and I just, I said, no, I have to work tomorrow or whatever. And he was like, oh, okay. And he put his, his headphones on and took his phone out and started swiping on Tinder while we were sitting there. This like, story. In the middle of dinner. And I was like, Oh, bitches of ditches. That's <laughs> I'm sitting on this day. Like I was like, I had, I, I don't know why I, I felt like I even, even the need to finish my food, you know, at this point. Cause like, I was like, I, I need to get out of here. This is, I feel so disrespected. Um, oh. just, I mean, I, the, the stories are endless, but literally, uh, I just, we, we have been through it, through yeah. it. And what I really do love about our course about manifest them is one, I feel like I know for me and I, I'm going to speak for you, but it's almost like a love letter to my former self. Mm -hmm. Do you know, it's like all, every single concept and tool and thing that we discuss in this course is something that 
would have helped us and helped us along the way. Right. Because I think also when you are in the ditches of bitches or the bitches of ditches, (laughs) you're just like, like, what do I do? Like, where do I start? Like what, what, what? And and I think that there is that moment of like, you know, for so long, you want to think it's not me. It's not me. It's them. It's them. And it is them. Like that is the truth. It is them, but you're part of the equation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, you are, there's, there is something that's going on and it's, it's hard. It's like, it's really hard because you are the only thing that also you can shift and transform and change. Right. right? And so it, there's like, like everything in this course, like I just, it has something that has transformed our lives. And that's why it's part of the course. Like it's, there's no fluff in there. It's just, yeah, none, none fluff. (laughs) And like, guys, like you're listening. I mean, thank you for being an avid listener of the show. Anyway, we're not trying to be salesy and salesy, sell you this course. It's just that like, we like quite literally, I mean, you could probably go through my entire like litany of podcasts and find enough and cut and paste from what it is that I've already said in the hundred some odd podcasts. But this, what, what we speak about to me, I'm so passionate about because I'm so fucking happy. Yeah. And I didn't know I could be this happy. I didn't know that it could happen like this. Like last night I'm laying in bed and I, or this morning I was talking to David and, um, he said something to me that just, I mean, he doesn't know I, I cried about this. He'll hear this later, but, um, he told me that I was his legacy and I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> um, and he said, I just admire you. And like, he said all these really, like really sweet things. And like, I, in a thousand years, didn't think that it was possible to have someone I'd have that type of connection with, and that kind of camaraderie with, and that type of friendship with, and that type of acceptance with, like, um, I mean, my, my belly is growing beyond, I can't see my feet anymore. And I feel disgusting. <laughs> and this person's like, you're beautiful. And this and that, I'm like, I look like a troll. <laughs> so, this like, <laughs> this shifting and in such a vulnerable time, I didn't know that it was possible. I didn't know that I could have what it is that I, I deserve. Like, I don't even yeah. want to say deserve. Like, I just, I like, I didn't know that that was something because what he's been giving me is more I feel yeah. like it's like, I, you didn't know it was an option. It's like I the secret Starbucks was, menu, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what? I can just tell you to make me this weird thing. And it's, it's there the menu, you know? And to me, this is, this is why this is important. This is why me and her are both passionate about it because like, this is not to sell you on some, some course and be like gamey about it. This is not to be like, everybody needs a soulmate and everybody has to have a partner. Cause I don't believe that either. But what it is, is that like, if you're someone who desires deep partnership, and if you're someone who has been in this process and been in the rut and been through it and been in the bitches of ditches, I'm going to get a shirt with that set on it now. Um, there has, it's just, are you ready to get out? And I wish, I wish I had found a course like this that taught it the way that we did. I'm maybe biased, but because it, it's without the fluff, it's without the, the bypassing, it's without the wash, it's without the, you know, it's just. it's purely what it is. And I'm really proud of it. So I am so proud of it. And I, you brought up something really, really important, you know, this community, if you're listening to this, I know you're already down with the idea of manifestation, but I also think that manifestation has unfortunately morphed into something that's really gimmicky Mm -hmm. and sales pitchy and like on social media. And it, it, it kind of is like, it's now it's like, you know, 
positivity and like these like spiritual bypassing and it's become very whitewashed. And what I love about this course is it's not that it's not like, oh, if you just really believe it's going to happen, it's like, no, wait, how do you actually create new beliefs? Yeah. How do you actually let go of that stuff? Right. Um, so we go really deep, but also if like, if you enjoyed the way we talk in the podcast, this is literally how we teach the <laughs> concepts yeah. in the course. If you don't like the way we talk to each other, like don't, don't buy it. Don't <laughs> Cause this is the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we go really deep, but it's also with this beautiful lighthearted nature because yeah, as Aaliyah said, like manifesting love, if that is what you desire, oof, it's just such a beautiful, wonderful thing. It's possible. Um, and if we can do it again, anyone can, Yep. which anyone, which is a perfect segue because stay tuned. Uh, we are actually interviewing our partners that's coming up next and uh, you guys get to hear from them what manifestation looks like uh, on the other side of that. Because like when we were talking about <clears throat> uh, the divine feminine um, and we, we explain very, very clearly what we mean by that and how uh, that's actually an inclusive term, but to bring in, uh, you know, like what, what it looks like for on their end to be the, the divine masculine or whatever. And it was like, I remember laughing at David and being like, you didn't have to manifest me. You went on one date and then there I was, I've been doing three years of work. <laughs> and he's like, that's not true. Um, but to some degree we'll, we'll get into that. But anyway, stay tuned for those interviews. Uh, Sharon, you are just a joy and a light and I love you to death. And I'm so excited to be collaborating with you on this guys. If you like definitely check out her stuff, um, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at wholehearted coaching. I also have a podcast, which is wholehearted coaching, the podcast. And you can also head to my website, wholehearted coaching.com. And what hair products do you use? Listen, <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't disclose it yet. Cause you I'm, I'm disclose it. That's for Patreon only. You I know, right. Patreon if you want to know the deal, I know if you're listening on the podcast, you can't see her hair, but it's absolutely fucking glorious. Um, okay, so we're going to head to Patreon. We're going to have a fun little ditty conversation over there. Stay tuned to hear uh, these beautiful men who have come forward and hopefully give you hope about a partner that you're trying to draw in, that it is possible to get someone who is incredible and, and not just incredible, but incredibly matched for you and aligned for you. So if you like this episode, please send it to someone that you love. And once again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Hi, baby. Hi. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for doing this. So everyone, this is Raj, my wonderful husband and friend and just all around amazing human being that I get to spend time with. And so Ali and I just spent a lot of time talking about our journeys to finding love um, and about ourselves. And so we wanted to interview y'all. So baby, could you tell them, tell them about yourself. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, Where are you from? I don't know when, what do you do? That kind of stuff. Uh, I'm from Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, lived a lot of places, lived in Thailand for a year. That was great. Um, personal trainer, uh, mindset coach, and uh, I like to do jujitsu. Go <laughs> to comedy shows and hang out with my wife, hang out with my friends basic life. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I met three years ago, three and a half years ago. 
we yeah something like that um can you i've asked you a little bit about this but Mm -hmm. can you tell us about your like love life leading up to when you met me what was that like like what were you looking for what did you keep finding yourself in what was that journey like for you well i mean i wasn't necessarily i don't know what i was looking for Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but it wasn't it wasn't bad. It just never was what felt right, mm. which is, I guess, <laughs> good enough to not be in it. What do you, and was it like a thing where you can really place what didn't feel right about it? Um, or you knew what didn't, what wasn't right? Or was it just like you were in it and then you were like, wait a second, this doesn't feel right? Yeah, it was more of that. I'm, I'm more that guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, I don't, I don't know what this is, yeah. but this doesn't feel right. Some of them weren't, you know, some of them wasn't uh, my choice that they ended. So that's fine. How did you, well, that's, so how did you deal with heartbreak for you? Like on the other side of things, if like someone ended things with you and you were like, kind of. You just get real emo. <laughs> <laughs> just get sad and you cry and all that stuff, but. I found jujitsu because of a breakup. So that was really, that was worth it. Yeah. Wow. That was worth it. So that helped you process that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it just, I just wasn't focusing on it as much and then it went away. <laughs> Did you have any narratives or stories around relationships, women getting married, like any of that? Cause you know, for a lot of, if, if you identify as a woman, if you've been raised as a woman, I think a lot of the narratives we have are like, men can't be trusted, like men don't want to settle down. There are no good mm-hmm. men out there. Um, but for you, like, did, or, or even just relationships, like for instance, like, you know, a woman sometimes like reaches, reaches a certain time in their life and they're like, well, I got to get married now. I got to settle down. I got to do this. Did you have any of that for yourself? Mm, not really. Like I never, I, I feel like it's harder on women than it is on men. Um, I didn't know marriage would be this fun. Yeah. That's, that's about it. So. <laughs> Cause that, well, we'll talk about us meeting, but that is a really interesting thing that like when Raj and I got together, um, Raj really like, you liked being in a relationship with me, but you didn't necessarily want to get married. Yeah. So what was that? Did you know what that was all about for you? Like what your hesitance or just reticence about marriage? It seemed very intense. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what about marriage seemed intense to you? It's a whole process. You bring in paperwork and to it it's like why what are you doing <laughs> I know I know people that have been together for a long time they're not married I'm like oh that seems cool but oh we got married yeah. we'll talk about yeah. that <laughs> but I think that's an interesting part of our journey um and when you talk about relationships you can find yourself with the, the most amazing partner which mm-hmm. I did with Raj um but very early on he was like I would like to spend most of my, like all of my life with you. You didn't say those words as much, but like, it pretty much was clear. You were like, you're the babe for me. Yeah. <laughs> the babest babe. The babest babe. That's what he calls me. The babes of all babes. Um, but I don't want to get married. And um, that that shifted. And now mm-hmm. we got married very quickly about like, he proposed to me 14 months in, and then we got married two months later. Um, okay. So we we met each other via Instagram kind of because uh, I had seen Raj's picture on Instagram. I'd actually seen it four years previous on Facebook. 
And a voice inside me said, you're going to date this guy. Do not worry. And then I saw his picture again, because we have mutual friends. Saw his picture again on Instagram. At this point, he had moved from Boston to New York. And I took that leap and I reached out to a mutual friend who then, you know, put us in touch with one another. So what about me at first? Like, cause I know you just saw Instagram pictures mm -hmm. and also we had our wonderful friend Christians, mm -hmm. you know, she's, she's such a trustworthy person. If she says someone is a good person, you know, they are, but what attracted you to me or wanted, like, why did you even want to go out with me? Well, uh, you're hot. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it was Instagram. So <laughs> that was the first I wasn't reading your captions like, oh, that's sweet. That's not. You're just hot. She's yeah. hot. Yeah, at least for a date. Yeah, I was like, oh, perfect. This is great. Because <laughs> you had also, Raj had also just moved to the city, mm -hmm. to New York City, like three you, three months in. Yeah. So you were just like just new, new. experience. Yeah, new experiences. Cool. She looks interesting. She's hot. <laughs> she looks interesting. Well, I don't think yeah. you would have gone out with me if I was talking about, I don't know weird things that yeah. weren't attractive to you yeah if it was like not attractive to me right yeah. but i don't know what that would be i don't know what that would be <laughs> i'm in the punching babies in the face no. <laughs> if that's what you had it probably wouldn't have been you could have been hot but then you'd be crazy yeah no so definitely not so then so our first date i'll never forget it so one of the things with raj was um he uh he had a flip phone right this we did not meet in 2008 we met in 2000 16, 17, 17. Yeah. This was not the time of flip phones people. So he had a flip phone at the time. That was a test for you. See if you could get down my flip phone, please. So, <laughs> but it would take, it would take him forever to respond to my texts. Um, and I remember I I'm so thankful have, having done work on myself because I remember previous, if someone had taken as long as Raj would to reply back, I'd be like, oh my gosh, they're not into me. They're not. But like, I was just like, I don't know what ha what's happening with homeboy, but he's just, <laughs> he's just not getting back to me. Finally, you got back to me about our first date and he had proposed for us to meet at Prospect Park. So if you're familiar with New York, <laughs> Prospect Park is huge. He was like, yeah, let's just go to Prospect Park. I was like, mm, sir, like, what does that mean? We're in Prospect Park. And he finally, now I know he picked a random corner <laughs> for us to meet. And Rod shows up and he shows up in uh, what we now lovingly call his jorts, these jean shorts. They're not just any jean shorts, y'all. It was those denim jeans. Denim jeans. Well, above the knee. Jean implies denim, but it, they were. <laughs> they, were <laughs> they were the ones that hit you at that awkward place just like at the knee, but they're not long enough to, to be, no, it was, they were just, anyways, he shows up in that <laughs> and he's wearing a tank top. It was a summer. And then he's wearing a hat with a unicorn on it. Cause that's, Damn. that's the mascot for the gym that he was, he works at. <laughs> and so here I am so used to dating in New York where guys kind of try to like act too cool for school or really impress you. And so they'll show up, they'll be like, yeah, let's go to at least this coffee spot or whatever. And they show up looking like they don't care. Um, or they're like, you know, really well put together. And here comes Raj in like Bam. a unicorn hat. That's it. So what did you think on our first date? Well, you were just very interesting, very sweet, mm -hmm. very warm, very loving, very hot. <laughs> that was confirmed because you never know on the internet. I will, I'll, the angles. I'll never forget on our <laughs> walk. So we went on a really nice walk around uh, Prospect Park. And you said to me, so like, how into crystals are you? Are you like in like, you know, putting them in your bra into crystals or just like having them in your house? Because <laughs> there's different levels. Oh, how did you know about that? It's on the, I've seen it. I know those people. 
What? I'm friends with those people. You are. Fine, you are. But I couldn't. You couldn't do the bra no. crystal lady. No. But now. I couldn't marry them. And now I've become the. No. It's no, not, I'm not. I'm not close. exactly you the. Don't bra. wear them. I don't. I don't. They're in the house. I see them. I like them. They're not like in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we had a really great first date, and I think maybe where our stories perhaps different from Aaliyah's story is I think Aaliyah and David like knew right off the bat they wanted to be together. Raj and I, it was definitely like real interest at first mm -hmm. sight. Um, but it wasn't love at first sight. It, I would definitely, <laughs> when did you start falling for me? Cause I know exactly when I started falling for you. I mean, it's, it's like a slower process, you know? Uh, like exactly, I don't know exactly when, but I knew I mean, just on all, all of our dates, just more and more. Yeah. yeah, as we got to know each other. Yeah. I knew I was falling for this guy. Uh, it was like our fourth date. I had actually been gone for a lot of the summer. I had I had planned a lot of travel that summer and Raj and I met and then I we went on like two or three dates and then I went for about a, six weeks or seven weeks. And he was just so, this is, I remember at the time I had some, a coach, my relationship coach tell me, allow the person to show you who they are. Because I was always dating people's potential. And Raj showed me what a wonderful, amazing human being he was. He would, he would check in with me when I was traveling. He would remember certain dates. He'd be like, oh, I know you're coming back on this date or it was just really thoughtful of you. And so he knew I was coming back. And so he set up a date for us, which was really sweet because at the time I was so used to guys just being like, yo, babe, what's up? Want to go out tonight? And I'd be like, well, yeah, okay. But like Raj would be like, how is next Tuesday for you? And it'd be like Wednesday. And it was just so sweet of him. And so he knew I was coming back and he was like, I want to take you on a date. And uh, he surprised me with this date. And this is something we've both come to find out about each other. We love surprises. We love to surprise <laughs> one another. That was the first surprise I think of our relationship where he took me to all these favorite spots I told him about. Like he was like mm -hmm. actively listening. And that night, um, one, of the, one of the exercises we do in the course is to, um, for you to have like a future memory where you feel what it's like to be with your partner. Cause sometimes you have these ideas of what they're supposed to be like, right? Like mm -hmm. you're supposed to be this tall and you're supposed to have this color hair, but like you forget the most important thing is what it's feel like to be with your partner. And I'll never forget you and I were like kissing. And then you, we started doing Wim Hof. Yeah, breath. that was nice. We started, I've actually <laughs> never told this part of the story oh. cause it's, cause it's so zany <laughs> and weird, just like we are. We were making out, so super passionate. And then Raj was like, yo, do you know who Vim Hoff is? And I'm like, who's Vim Hoff? If you don't know who Vim Hoff is, check it out. And he's like, let's do these like yogic meditation, like breath stuff that he does. And we, we were doing that in bed. And then I was like, oh my God, I want to read this roomy passage to you. And from your big book, from my big book of roomy. And I just was in bed and I was like, oh my gosh, like I felt this feeling before in, in my meditation. And it was, it was you. Surprise. It was you all along. Um, so we, we kind of, sorry, we're like literally staring at each other's eyes. So this, the sound for this, <laughs> this may not be so good. They're fine. They're yeah, fine. They're fine. Um, <laughs> but Raj for you, um, 
what was that shift, I guess? Cause I know in our relationship, I was the first to say, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm, and then you, you came, you came around, but no, you, <laughs> you said it when you said it. Um, but for you and something I came to understand about you early on was you need to come to things at your own timeline and in your own way. And then mm-hmm. when you do, you're like hundred percent in, what was it about this relationship? You and I, mm-hmm. that you were like, I love this person. I'm all in. Mm-hmm. If getting married is important to her, mm-hmm. I'm in. Like, what what was it about the quality of a relationship, or me, or just what we have together that shifted that for you? Well, you're first. You're just weird, which is a prerequisite for being for being with me. Um, you just have such a big heart, and I just enjoyed being with you. I didn't want to really be with anybody else. So I was like, this is it. Why? keep doing the weird thing about, oh, let's just see, and then go on a bunch of weird dates, and you're like, man, that was fine. Hit the lottery, so I was like, that's it. So it felt how you thought it was gonna feel. I didn't even know how I thought it was gonna feel, but it felt great, still feels great. It feels so great. I know, it's like one of those (laughs) things uh, where you can't even describe what this feels like, because it just does feel so great, and it feels Mm -hmm. unlike probably anything I've seen with my and my family and my community. Mm-hmm. It's just so what I've asked you this before, but <clears throat> what about our relationship is? I know you've said the fun part, um, which mm-hmm. it is. I'm always <clears throat> astounded at how fun it is to be married and how mm-hmm. fun it is to be in partnership and how easy it is. But mm-hmm. what else maybe has surprised you or you really like about our relationship or this relationship in general? Uh, I mean. You just give me my own space too. So mm-hmm. I can still enjoy my own <laughs> free time and my own life, but never, and you never take it personally, no. which is great. <laughs> yeah, we both, we both are, we're like oddly de- independently, dependently independent. Like we <laughs> love spending time together and mm-hmm. yet we both have our things that we like to do. And so we give ourselves that space to do that. Um, so so do you, to sum up, to finish up, um, do you have any advice or insights or wisdom that you have to anyone who's looking for a partner or is looking for partnership? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's basic. Just uh, keep going out there. And when you find someone you really enjoy, keep going till you don't enjoy it. And then when you think you don't really enjoy it, just stick around a little longer and see if that's you really not enjoying it or if you're just scared. Hmm. Did you get scared? I mean, it was pretty great. I was like, are you sure it can be this good? I don't know. Did you have those moments where you were like, this is too good to be true? Yeah. And then I just stuck around. Oh, babe. (laughs) Yeah. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much. Me? Yeah. You're welcome. I love you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, babe. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. <laughs> this is David's uh, debut on Spiritual Shit, which we're really excited. Uh, we've talked about our love story. I've talked about our love story immensely, but it's kind of cool that you guys will be able to hear at least from him, his perspective, given that uh, we met on Bumble. But before we get into that, can you tell people just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm from from a little bit all over. 
from Arkansas for half of my childhood, but I'm a military brat, so I moved all over the place, and I have kind of weird wiring for that. Mm-hmm. So um, meeting people who can roll with that is special. When I met Alia, she was not well, not forced at a young age to do it, but she was like moving around all on on her own accord, mm-hmm. and she got it. <laughs> Just the the fun part of being picked up and figuring out how to get around a different city and collecting memories that are valuable, not just hoarding memories. Mm-hmm. And so we we vibed a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on our first, before we, we go on our first date, um, you found me on Bumble. So what was it like? What was your first impression? Like, why did you decide to swipe right? Oh. Um, well, your picture was amazing. You're a photographer, so you you knew exactly what you were uh, doing. Uh, but I just liked, I liked what you said. You stood out with your words. What was on there? (laughs) You were bragging a little bit. (laughs) What did I say? Uh, you'd been to a lot of places Mm -hmm. and you knew multiple languages according to your Bumble profile. Mm -hmm. Um... And I think that was important because you didn't, you know, want someone who was couldn't roll with that, I suppose. <laughs> so I guess it's valuable information. Uh, but also, like what you said to me, you know, like. What did I say to you? Well, you reached out to me and, you know, asked how my heart is doing. Mm. Uh, and you also said king, which I thought was cool, but I don't like it was really, to be honest, like being called king or asked how my heart is doing. How my heart is doing actually goes way higher as far as like I'm gonna talk to this person mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. I like that. So we got in a conversation, a very short conversation, before you asked me out to coffee. Yeah. Yes. Is that what we have? I don't remember how we talked for less than a day. Yeah, it wasn't a whole day. Yeah. Anyway, so we go on this date and like I mean, because we're not gonna spell the whole thing out for you guys, but. Um, the reason why I want to approach this this way is because our relationship moved pretty fast. And so in our first date, uh, we had a four-hour date where we just talked a lot. So for you, I guess I would say, um, since a lot of times, at least in my dating experience, it was really hard to get people to want to go on a next date or want to continue a relationship or connection. So for you, what was what was that difference for you? Why did you decide that this was something you wanted to continue to pursue? Well, everything about your profile and what you said stood out a whole lot. The whole conversation was good. It didn't take a whole lot of energy to communicate. And, I mean, I could already tell that you were unlike anyone else. And so even the chance of meeting someone who you have that kind of resonance with, that vibration with, is rare. Mm -hmm. It's not like something that happens every month. And uh, people who recognize those kind of moments know that. So I wasn't going to just like stop talking to you. <laughs> I was definitely going to like, you know, find out more. Mm. Um, what do you think in your your situation? Because like you went, I was the only date you went on. Right. So So what was that? Like, I mean, for a lot of people, they'd be like, let me keep trying. Let me see if there's someone else out there. Let me like play the field. Like <laughs> in this way, I feel like you're a lot different than most people that uh, I've encountered. But uh, I think that a lot of times people have a hard time 
when they when they recognize something that they they sit with it, you know, they commit with it. So what, what, what about that? Like you said, you had that resonance, which is awesome. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> um, but in that process, like you were going through something really challenging at the time. And so what inside of your heart just like decided, okay, this is a good direction to go. And I'm not trying to make a case for myself. Like <laughs> what makes sense? but what inside of you, as far as your, manifestation and your energy story or whatever said, okay, this is a go. What inside of yourself made that intuitional judgment? It was more that it was just rare. Like this was something rare. I, I had gone into a period of just pretty much cleansed expectations. I wanted to have a conversation. I wanted it to be like on a level where someone I was speaking to understood what I was saying and they could say stuff and I could understand. I know that sounds like a lot like, oh, you both speak English. I just mean like, <laughs> I just mean like a, I have a preferred vocabulary set I like to exist in and I like to like talk about certain things that interest me. It's very cerebral. And a, and a lot of things need a lot of translation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's exhausting there, just translating that. Uh, so I just wanted it to... I really needed to have a conversation. You were amazing and rare. Oh. So it was a pretty obvious, clear shot for me. But I am different than a lot of other people. So it's like, it's not like I'm going to, I'm not a big people collector. Mm -hmm. I'm not even a big friend collector. Mm -hmm. Like I have, when I have a friend or two, they are my friend. Mm -hmm. and, when, <laughs> and when I'm in a relationship, it is the relationship. <laughs> and so. Yeah. What do you think are some of the big misconceptions about, because um, I mean, in our case, we can only speak, speak to um, straight relationship because we're straight and we're ish and we're uh, cisgender people for the most part. Um, so for you, what is the biggest misconception about um men and relationships about not really wanting love or wanting that connection or emotional alignment yeah oh that's a good one i don't i don't know about other men i when i'm looking at them and and even when they're behaving and acting like they don't want relationship they they totally do they don't want to be alone mm. you know um, I fear how a lot of that is fear-based. If you could infer them. what for our audience, like what, what are some of those things that might come up? Um, from, I, 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 <laughs> I've always been, I've always been con a little bit confused about that for most people. For me, if I spend three months with someone, I know rather this is something I'm, I can continue for eight. 18, 20, forever, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. 18 years to forever, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and it doesn't take me very long to figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not exactly sure what traumas or fears most men have that make them like a, a phobic of a relationship. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I wish I had a better answer for that, <laughs> but I just came out We're of the trying box. trying to unlock the key. I know. I just, I just came out very very differently mm, um yeah. and i i know so. i know what my fears are they're not they're not 
they haven't grown into some large fear about relationships in general. My fears are not of relationships or the fact that I want intimacy or closeness and I don't want to be alone. My fears are more specific. <laughs> I've been able to journal them out, flesh them out. Um, You're not going to air them here online? Or no, not? probably not, no. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Preferably not. Right. Um, so like you said, I love you after 10 days. So what kind of crazy were you going through? <laughs> I, in 10 days, I quantified what I felt for you. And it was about a paragraph of just things I, I liked about you that I respected about you that I, you know, wanted to lift up in you. And then yeah, the next day I was just like, that paragraph I sent you was basically saying I love you. Mm. So I guess we'll just keep it short. I don't feel like saying parts of that paragraph constantly just to dance around the <laughs> fact that like I I love you um but now that I'm out of that I, I can see like that's just part of my pattern mm-hmm. and and rhythm and so and my pattern and my rhythm being what it is it's very unlikely that a whole bunch of people are going to encounter me and have a chance to vibe on that same rhythm mm-hmm. it's definitely kind of like um it's a providence thing it's a luck thing and it's the fact that it's what you are looking for and that you set out mm-hmm. looking for it that our rhythms aligned yeah, yeah it's not like it's not like the way my normal rhythm is that i'm gonna like meet someone at a grocery store and then <laughs> 10 days later say i love you uh but I do see it as part of my like my larger pattern, and I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. Something I need to be aware of. Yeah, you know, like, we commit like, very soon. I mean, we decided to have a baby in uh, what four weeks, five weeks after we met. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, they already know. Like, I, I had a major sign. That's why I said yes to that. But in your case, that was um, more a part of your pattern and your rhythm. Which I know that about you now. That's kind of how you behave. And I like that because I was like, oh, okay, he, he just kind of knows what he wants. Um, a question I want to ask is because we do talk a lot about manifestation. And manifestation, you understand it. It's not necessarily your core belief of how things work. However, we did talk deeply in our course about how the difference between um, the masculine and feminine and when it comes to manifestation and that process of uh, feminine energetic, not feminine gender is a pulling in of things is a magnetism and the masculine energetic being a pursuit of things. And so in, in this case, I mean, I had a dream about you. <laughs> I had, I like was able to see pictures that I was like, I feel like it's going to look like this. And then when you showed up, it was like, boom, done. And for you, on the other hand, manifestation worked very differently. And so as you were getting out of this uh, relationship that you had and you were still discovering parts about yourself and uh, coming back to a different, a new foundational place for you, that pursuit process looked, I mean, looked very much like making that commitment. Cause I, I got mad at you guys. And I was like, you weren't going around dating for three years and trying to work on your manifestation and doing all this hard shadow work and going to Bali and getting healed by Reiki so you could welcome and love in your life. Um, you know, he went on one date and then it was like, boom, but now, you know, and I wondered about that. We had a discussion about this maybe like a month ago. Um, so how do you think it works in, in your case when it comes to like not having to do that attraction work as much as the pursuit process? Hmm. Well, uh, on a, on a masculine 
energy side. And this is what I think happened to me. Because uh, when I was younger, I had this like um, imaginary girlfriend <laughs> that I was trying to be like, no, nah, she doesn't like my imaginary girlfriend. So that's not it. <laughs> um, and so I would, I would uh, put a lot of effort and energy and a lot of men put a lot of effort and energy into uh, uh, a plan. And it's not the best use of masculine energy. Mm-hmm. So I, when I got out of that relationship, I was a queen slate Mm because you know you spend what i don't know how many better part of a decade trying to achieve what you think like Mm -hmm. you know like this is this is it this is it this is it this is it and you're just manning through everything to Mm -hmm. make it happen and then it you know derails and then so for a little while thank god you're without a plan Mm -hmm. which is actually kind of a good thing because Mm -hmm. then you're just doing Mm -hmm. and you're doing on a bigger like it's just like here's the bigger plan here's the opportunity then, like, your masculine locks in and it's like, okay, this is what's in front of me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I can clean house. I can throw this away and throw this idea away and I can start this. And it's a really awesome moment. I guess a low point because most men have a decent amount of an ego and all of these these things mm-hmm. that they're like a like an arc, like a blueprint mm-hmm. in their mind that they think, like, this is, this is a list. And a lot of that is... Western scripts, mm-hmm. like uh, American narrative scripts, mm-hmm. um, just wealth, just nonsense, mm-hmm. or uh, what you want your trophy wife to look like sometimes, mm-hmm. just a bunch of just not great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have any of that. So I was just left with my masculine, just, you know, like, this is a good thing. Just pure Pursue energy. it. This is a bad thing. Toss it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I'm not. I'm not, I was in a good opportunity where I wasn't trying to mix it and make everything work and fit into a blueprint anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, I think that's kind of how masculine energy works. That's, mine is a little bit different because like there's not a lot of um, top down intelligence going on. What do you mean by that? Well, I don't mean, I mean like it's not like a lot of my, my brain and my plan wasn't coming in it mm-hmm. was it was a gut sense of this is good mm-hmm. so go do it mm-hmm. and it was a gut sense of like this is bad <laughs> so no mm-hmm. um so you were listening to your intuition yeah 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 like that it was an intelligence it mm-hmm. was definitely definitely real and useful but yeah int- int- intuition yeah so it's interesting because we hear and um, we talk a lot about the a lot of the feminine core energetics um, wanting to be in that masculine, to control, make the plan, make things happen, execute. And they're finding that they're having a lot of um, resentment towards that process because they can't feel like they can really secure a relationship. And and this is, I'm trying, I have to be so careful about this because we want to continue to include people who are non-binary and things like that. But we have to speak about our relationship specifically. Right. Um, when I was in that space, I had just gotten into a place where I really decided to embrace my feminine. And I was like, I'm just going to let myself receive. I'm not going to do anything. Fine. I guess I'll be fucking single <laughs> in quarantine. <laughs> I fucking hate this, but I'm going to accept myself. And got to this place where I was like, okay. And the only reason I got on Bumble that day was because um, all the George Floyd stuff had gone down. And I was like, you know what? I just want to be nurturing to people, black men, to be honest, like, uh, during this time. 
and see how people were doing. I think you were the third person I swiped on and almost didn't swipe on you because your profile said something casual <laughs> and guys come to find out because David hadn't done any dating. He'd just gotten out of this long relationship. Um, something casual to him meant coffee. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I was like, I can't imagine what would have happened if I didn't swipe right. But um, it was, it was interesting though, because in that process, while we were on that date, something that I noticed I did differently was I had no expectations. And I remember there was a moment where you were kind of trying to explain to me and say, yeah, I'm not really like sure like what's going on. And I'm just trying to, you know, like doing kind of that thing. And I was like, hey, we're, there's no expectations here. We can meet today. We can never see each other again. Like, I'm just here to hang out. And you were like, and then your energy completely shifted. What about that statement made the date change? Because at that point, we were about an hour in. And at that point you were, then you had like let down or something. What gave you permission to do that? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I think I trusted you a lot more at that point because it's just, um, you know, people have their ambitions, expectations and things like that. And I just needed to have conversation in the moment. You feel sane, but take effort in existing in the moment mm -hmm. once i was sure like okay she can exist here in the moment then like it was i was like okay cool mm -hmm. that's what we can do mm -hmm. and then you know it was already good but the moments got better mm -hmm. when you decide to exist in the moment like that mm -hmm. and um george floyd thing is not common ground for everyone yeah um like it's uh, it's a it's kind of a philosophy where it's like you know asteroids are falling on everyone you know so that at that point you're on common ground mm -hmm. and so it's weird it's good that like we were on common ground on that where it's just like man things are bad mm -hmm. like it, it, the sky is falling on us mm -hmm. so that was the common ground we met on and then from there we decided not to fret mm -hmm. and exist in the place of fear but enjoy each other in in the moment mm -hmm. And those, that's a really good combination for me. Mm. I think it's a good recipe for, you know, not not fighting through scripts and expectations mm -hmm. for three and a half years. Because that's how long it takes usually to shake through some of those scripts and expectations if you don't just throw it on the table right from the get-go. Yeah. I think that's something I really enjoy about our relationship because we're just like here it is, yo, <laughs> like yeah. everything is down on the table, like right away. Um, even sometimes when we have like, when we're like maybe upset or something like that, it doesn't take more than a couple of minutes before I'm like, I'm upset because, mm -hmm. and this is what's going on. And we're very transparent with each other. Whereas like in some of the way the dating works here in America, even if you do decide to get serious with someone, it's still, and this is not America. It's like the world. I'm sure mm -hmm. it still takes three years realizing like, Oh, that was, that was BS. That was like, <laughs> she's, she's, she's been hiding. I, I'm going to use something silly like farts for three years. <laughs> and third year, she just gives up on hiding them. And you're like, I had no idea. And so, um, but farts is ridiculous. I'm sure people start farting in front of each other before then, but it's like, Maybe there's not. a ton of little, there's a ton of little micro things that you just, you just hide or you script or fits a narrative and it takes about three years before you're able to see them stressed out enough and um, 
you know, you get to see the mask down enough and be like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not naive enough to think that, like, we're not going to come to some place of, like, oh, there's more to unveil. Right, there's more, yeah. Because, you know, what, we're eight months in? But I would say, I mean... You farted in front of me that first sex no. <laughs> Can you imagine how many ruined moments there are just because they're like, I'm really uncomfortable right now, but I got to keep the mask up. And you could have like destroyed so many good moments. And besides like laughing at a fart creates a funny, good, sometimes a good moment, uh, depending on, I'm, I'm not endorsing all willy-nilly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much because you guys are actually getting a picture to our, our real life. Um, the thing that what's what's super important too, like I mean in the process of us getting to know each other too is like, especially with the baby, that really took down some walls very quickly and things that we had to get very real about each, with each other um, on the fast track. So it's been such a... Look at you, you're so cute. <laughs> um, such a pleasure getting to know you, Mr. David. Um, I just appreciate you coming on the show to give people a little bit of insight on uh, um, not just our relationship, but kind of like the mindset of what it looks like to for a masculine energetic to make a decision and decide to pursue what it is that he want. And for you guys to hear that there are people out there that, that want love, want commitment, want family, uh, want the same things that you want and that you're not you're not too much in what it is that you're asking for. Um, which is what I always thought. I always thought like what I'm asking for is way too much. And you came in and you were like, I have it all. Here it is <laughs> on a silver platter. Um, uh, what is your so far your best memory of our relationship? <laughs> that's a bit personal. <laughs> I, well, okay. Let's, let's maybe give one that's not. I guess. Person. Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't know. We were walking in the complete dark, uh, a beach in Mexico. Couldn't see. Didn't mm-hmm. have a flashlight. <laughs> I guess we had cell phones, but did we? Or did we leave them in the room on purpose? I don't remember. We were walking in complete darkness. It was pitch black. Just, the just could see the stars. Right. Just hear the, the water. Yeah. And the water was crazy. It's like you didn't yeah. want to get too close to the water. You couldn't even see where it started. Yeah. Um, but that was that was an amazing moment because we, we were very present. I was very present in that moment. And I could mm-hmm. sense how present you were. And there wasn't a whole lot of, to distract. Nobody, no pulling out any phones. Mm-hmm. No one even thought to. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we left them in the room. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It was no. I had mine because I took a picture. You took a picture after, like we were all like done walking okay. and stuff. Well, but I left mine. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. great. Yeah. And I want a lot more of that. And there, there are other types of memories I, of course, that are important and that I want to collect, but. That was one of the most mm. epic, just peaceful moments mm. that I think I'll remember when I'm 88. <laughs> You're so cute. I love you. <laughs> All right. Well, we have definitely gone over time, so you guys can say bye to Mr. David. Good. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> See you. See you.
hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Aaliyah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you.